0: Thank mm-hmm. you. Hi, Jody. So glad to be with you. Okay, I'm so excited to always talk about what God's done in my life. And as Jody said, uh, we came from a... My dad's from the Middle East, came from a Muslim background. He uh, met my mom in Brooklyn, New York married and there was five siblings we grew up in the east coast maryland virginia and we had a really loving family and we were raised in a nominal um muslim family we did the fasting the ramadan but we weren't totally devout but we did what we knew as the religion required and um and that's how we lived and it was good years until my brother who's the oldest and he was probably the most devout when he was in high school. He started questioning his faith because he was talking to other people who had different religions. And he always wondered, why do people have different religions? Why do they the Hindus think they're right? The Buddhists think they're right? The Muslims? So he wanted to know for himself. So he went on a quest and he asked God to show him the truth, not from his parents or a teacher, but he wanted God to show him himself. So he studied all the different religions and was on this quest. So when he was ready to try out the religions, he decided to do Christianity first, just to get it out of the way. So he went to a a Christian coffee shop he was invited to, and they shared the the gospel with him. And at the end, he had to say, Jesus is Lord. And it was really hard for him to do that, but he asked Jesus to come into his heart for one week. And of course, they said, "You, you can't do that, but... He said, it's my life. I can do what I want to do. So he asked Jesus to come in his heart. What he didn't know is that Jesus came in his heart and totally transformed him and revealed himself to him in a very special way. So since that time, he was, you know, it wasn't very, it was good news, bad news for him. You know, my dad didn't quite accept it, but because they were loving, they let him uh, come back after disowning him. So during that time, I was in college. And I was um, seeking God myself because, you know, we knew religion. We didn't really have a relationship with God other than praying the prayers. And one day I was on the beach just asking the Lord, you know, God, I know you're real. I see all this sand. I don't want to just be like a sand, just like one person. I know I have a purpose and I matter. And I just want you to show me the truth. So I was seeking God as well, even though I believed, you know, I was you know, still a Muslim. And there was a couple encounters I had with people who talked about Jesus when I was in college, but I felt sorry for them because I didn't know how they could believe that God had a son. So I would just listen to them, and it just went in one ear and out the other, I thought, at that time. So I was home for the summer, and which was in Houston, in between college, and my brother kept inviting me to come to church. And I kept saying no, because I saw kind of the persecution he was going through. And I just had no inclination to, you know, experience that. So it was the last day before I was going to college. I got ready and got dressed. And he said, where are you going? I go, I'm going to church. And I was even mad about it. But the Holy Spirit was just prodding me. I know it was the Holy Spirit then to go. So I went to church. I heard the gospel and Right then, I knew that Jesus was the Son of God and that if I didn't accept him, I would die and go to hell. And that's all I knew. I didn't know anything about the Bible. I didn't know the New Testament, Old Testament, even John 3.16. But God revealed himself to me, and that's what I knew. So the very next day, I um, I left and went off to college. Well, I was a little nervous, to be honest, because I knew something had happened to me, but I wasn't sure exactly. But they did give me a Bible, and I had little books. So I was reading my Bible and reading these small books to help me grow in my faith. And God started slowly revealing his love to me. It wasn't just a religion, but it was a true relationship, and that was the difference. I was listening to Christian music. I think that was very encouraging to me. And I still didn't know any other believers at this point. So I was totally depending on the Holy Spirit praying. I was going through an emotional mess at the time as well because not really knowing everything, but just trusting God to reveal himself to me. And he did. And it's his love that really settled me in. Not me loving God, but knowing God's love for me. That was the huge difference. So I was tell people it was the fear of God that brought me, but it's his love that's kept me. And one of the things that I went through a lot was a condemnation because I would just ask the Lord to save me every day because I wanted to be right with him coming from a religion, you know, of a works mentality instead of a just being. And when God revealed His righteousness to me. You know, Romans eight said there's no condemnation in Christ. Well, I had condemnation in me, but there's none in Christ. So when God showed me like He's paid the price for every sin I ever had, and that His His grace is a gift, and I just have to receive it. So I think really getting that down inside me was a true revelation and not to be confused anymore. And then eventually I did meet other believers and then God use me with the little knowledge I had, but just sharing in the Mardi Gras outreach and with other believers. Well, I was um, in living in the dorms at the time and I heard about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I had prayed for it at one time and didn't receive it. Again, I would just felt like, oh, well, God didn't, you know, love me enough or receive me. But again, when I got that revelation, so one day someone came because uh, the uh, people knew I was a Christian at that time, and they wanted me to go speak to someone. So I went into this room to talk to someone, and they were into all kinds of crazy confusion, uh, energy stuff. And when I left there, I was confused myself. So I went back to my room and I just was asking the Lord to forgive me. Cause I was like, God, I know you're real. I just know you're real. And, 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 that moment, the Holy Spirit just flooded my room. There was a light that came in and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, you know, speaking in tongues. And from that moment on, I just got a new boldness and a new assurance of really who god was you know it's a relationship so you're constantly growing and i pointed to the bible because i knew mardi gras was the next day and, and of course the word said go ye into the world so i went out there and that's when i met other believers sharing the love of god Yes. Yes, I called those the silent growing years, and I really felt like God said to go back and help your parents and to honor your parents. You know, the Bible talks about honoring your parents. And not preach and not say anything, but just pray and and be a witness. So I did that, you know, quietly. I would still read my Bible. I'd go to church when I could. And it was just patience. And I think the number one thing for me was just worship. You know, the Bible talks about ministering to the Lord. So just spending that time with God and letting him minister to you, but also us ministering to God. And again, it's just that love flowing out and knowing that he would do it in me you know not me or any works I did but just God working and eventually you know he released me from that but those were you hear about those silent growing years uh painful long suffering but getting strengthened in that in our our inner man Well, my dad, um, my brother had ministered to my dad, you know, all these years. So for 20 years, we were praying for our parents to come to know the Lord. And they thought our faith would get less and they thought we were brainwashed at some point. But they, knew, they saw it getting stronger and stronger. And I had other siblings, too. And they came to the Lord. And my dad was sick. Um, he got sick and he was in the hospital and my brother was talking to him and he, we took him out of the hospital and they agreed to come to church they had been before and that particular night my dad heard the gospel and he he just opened his heart and and my brother said you know what was it you know all this great preaching and he said no god just opened my heart and then he saw a couple believers that had been praying for us cuz People were so loving and wonderful to our family. And when they came up to my dad, they were just crying. And my dad started naming all the people that came to see him in the hospital. So like those were the true believers and he knew they were real. And then my mom came. She got a revelation of who Jesus was. She always believed in God and Jesus because she grew up Greek Orthodox. But then when she knew that Jesus was really the son of God, then she just became a very um, passionate about the Lord and uh, intercessor. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, our church. Um, always had a heart for the world and for the nations. And we seem to always have visitors come from all over the world. And one day I was just driving the church on my own and I saw a billboard and it said, fly KLM Holland. And I just, my spirit just got excited. And then I just started weeping and I felt like the Lord said, you're going to go there. And I didn't even know where it was at the time. And I said, okay. So I went out and got a passport like the next week. And just knew that I was going to go there. But it took some time, a couple years. It was just growing in me. I started putting posters up in my room of different countries God was putting on my heart. And I was just praying. And I just had a heart for Europe at the time and young people, young adults. But I didn't know how to get there. And I remember one day there was a concert with Twilight Paris. And she, she was at University of Houston. I went to hear because I loved her worship. Again, it's just worshiping and ministering to the Lord. And I remember they were talking about why Wayne Youth with the Mission, her uncle. And when he was talking about it, I got so excited. I go, what is that? You know, I would love to be part of that. But when they said how much it costs, it just kind of discouraged me because at that time, it seemed like a million dollars. So I just put it on the shelf. But it kept growing and growing. And I finally asked the Lord to please just take this away or show me what to do. Because mission was existing. It just, I wasn't in the know of how it worked. So I went to a Jesus Go Fest. Someone invited me. And I was excited because Twyla Paris was going to be there. This is about two, two, three years after he showed me the billboard. And I said, if I could just talk to her again, I think, you know, I'm ready. So when I went there, I saw that. YWAM was all about missions and serving the Lord in different countries, and I was excited about going to um, possibly do a DTS and then maybe go to Switzerland after because I like the cold. So when I was waiting to talk to, to Twyla, the preacher came up, it was Floyd McClung, and he started speaking, and when he spoke, it just pierced my heart, and I said, I need to go hear him again. So I went to his breakout and when he was talking, it was him and his family and they were from Amsterdam, Holland, talking about their ministry. And I felt the Lord just kind of tapped me on the shoulder saying, remember the billboard, Holland, this is where you're going to go. So I ended up doing a DTS in Holland. I went to outreach in Africa and, and finally got to go to Switzerland. So it was just step by step. God just led me to one country to the next. Right. Yes, it was um, just great meeting people from all over the world, even on our mission trips. We had probably 20 countries represented, so we got to meet different people and get to know the cultures. So God put a love for cultures in me. And just one thing I want to share here is, you know, God loves all people. You know, in the book of Acts, and the book of Revelations, he talks about, you know, the nations. And God is pro-people he never loves one and hates another, but he loves all people. And that's why he came to seek and save those which were lost. So I got to just have so many wonderful experiences with that. And I, the heart for the nations has always been in my heart since then. And then I was in Switzerland of all places, which is probably my favorite place. I just loved it. And at that point, God just put a burden in my heart for Houston. I got homesick for Houston. And I go, really, Lord? Houston? So I said, the only thing I'd want to do in Houston would probably do missions. So I called and they said, you know, come on home. So I ended up going back. I think I was baiting me to come back to Houston. And and I did. And of course, I was always serving in the church, either volunteering or going on mission trips. Yes. And even just to get there, you know, the a couple of things I wanted to share is, you know, God just being still and hearing from God and then taking those steps when we hear Him. And the one thing I learned from John Osteen is to follow peace. When God leads, he leads by peace. He doesn't push or, um, you know, put fear, but he leads by peace. So I had that peace to come home. And the, the door that I was hoping was open did not open at that time. But God led me into different ministries with the Houston Baptist University, FCA, just ministering to uh, young women and then in the um, athletic field with coaches and, and athletes and encouraging them because everybody needs encouraging. And that was a big need that God opened up for me. So he just led me by peace from one thing to the next. I wasn't even looking for a job, and when he put a desire in my heart, the door would open, and I would just follow it, and that's how he led me into these different ministries. Yes, uh uh-huh. Yes, I would get to share, you know, some Bible studies with these coaches. Um, There is one coach in particular on a collegiate level, and, you know, they go through so many experiences and fear and and just the pressure that they have. So God would just leave me there to go and minister to them or put them in my heart, or I would just make it a regular basis to go and uh, visit them, you know, just the ministry of presence is so big. You know, whenever you continue to go somewhere and you build a relationship with them, so then they trust you and then they listen, they're encouraged. So that was a really good thing. And just using your gifts, I would encourage people, you know, if your gift is teaching, teach. If it's serving, serve. You know, one of my gifts is encouraging. So that gift isn't for me, it's for me to give away and to use. And there was uh, several young girls in the dorm that just were wild and the Lord would just impress on me to be patient you know keep loving them and now I look back years now and see how they've grown and how they're serving the Lord mm-hmm Well, I was volunteering at the time in missions, but I was also serving the youth and different ministries there. You know, God just wants us to serve the local body as well as the world. So in that time, uh, opportunity came up to do a local missions ministry. And I had prayed about it. I wasn't so excited about it because I really wanted to do international missions, but I felt the peace as I learned and and to take that step and then from there, you know, God just opened doors, and eventually, you know, I was able to help lead with the uh, foreign mission trips and the uh, international trips, but in that time, you know, again, we're just, our church has always been so international and diverse, and just meeting people from all over the world, and, and I, I believe God wants everyone to be that place, you know, God's bringing the world here, even to Houston, but we have, So many different cultures and nationalities, and there's an open door, you know, to minister to them and to share with them. And we should be open and not be afraid to step out and love our neighbor or the person at the grocery store or whoever God puts in our path. Everyone has their world, you know, to talk to and minister to. Well, I you know, we've heard the saying, see where God's working and join him and he's work I think one place to start is this evening serving at your church. You could be a usher, a greeter, information, work with the kids, you know, the youth. And then there's the local outreaches. See see what outreaches are out there. It could be with human trafficking, it could be with the refugees, it could be shelters so wherever your desire is you know I would say take that first step don't volunteer for everything but just commit to for six months say okay I'm going to go work with the uh, women's shelters you know and take that step and grow in it and then from there you'll know where your passion lies and that will be the people you'll want to serve and then from there you'll you know I have a lot of people that do then that, they go I want to go on a mission trip you know so you know, see what the steps are for that, what country they're going to, and then there's usually training for that. So everything's a step-by-step, but everyone is, you know, John Oson used to say, everyone's a minister. So you are a minister wherever you are, and God will equip you for where you are. You know, he doesn't call the equip, he equips the call. So if he's calling you, he'll equip you Little by little, you don't have to know everything. You don't have to go to seminary, but just take that step, you know, for what you know and follow his love. Yes, um well, we have been in Jerusalem several times. There's a ministry we work with, and the neat thing about that ministry is we work with the Arabs and the Jews. the reconciliation of both again, God is pro people, he loves all people and um and his heart is for people to know him and it, and he uses different things. you know, we had a Christian coffee shop, and we would see women come from all over to come to the coffee shop arabs and jews together and just how god would use that i've been in india again working with the um, different ministries there medical missions and um, the refugees human trafficking is a huge thing there so being able to minister to the women in the brothels and then just the children but just uh just feeling where God's leading you and taking that step to go again you don't have to know everything but you know if we should study the culture and understand cultures I think that's one of the biggest things to know and you can only know so much till you go there but that's huge and when you appreciate a people group and love them and just even know how to greet them is a big deal Mm-hmm. Okay, I think my first encounter, I was just a young believer, and I started having compassion for this particular girl It was in a church service, and I felt like the Lord was saying, go and give her a hug and tell her that I love her. And I said, I was afraid, so I didn't do it, because I didn't know her. Well, during that service at the end, uh, the pastor called for people who were Thinking about committing suicide and six people stood up and one was that young person and I just just sunk in my heart and I went up after and at that point I knew God was leading me through that divine flow of love is what we call it and since then I always try to follow that love because God is love as you said at the beginning and God is love and where love flows is where god's going so follow and be guided by love and you might i don't wake up every day and say okay you know get out a list and see where it's going to go or manufacture it but i just get up and i pray and i start god may start putting people on my heart and maybe he's been putting someone on your heart to either call or to go and to just be with them and talk to them so just see where love leads, and that's that divine flow of love. Because the Bible says Jesus was moved with compassion. Every time Jesus was moved with compassion, he talked to someone, he healed somebody, and or they were delivered. So it's just following that love. And again, it's not my love, but it's I know when it's God's love, and I'm never afraid to do it now because I realize the devil never wants to encourage somebody. He's always you know, puts fear in us, but when you follow that love, just like I did with that young lady, and just a little story, this is just something that happened the other day, I was, um, went to McDonald's drive-thru because I wanted a coffee, and I went out of my way because the exit was closed to this other McDonald's, so when I was there, I felt the Lord say, buy that person's meal behind you, I felt that compassion, and I said, okay, you know, no problem couple dollars so when I went up to the window um I told the lady and she said I asked how much was it and she said $28 I went $28 (laughs) she even said that's too much I go no 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 I gotta do this so I said just let them know this is from Jesus that he loves them it was right around Christmas time and so when I was waiting to get my coffee I guess they got the word and they were beeping their horn and waving and they were so appreciative But who knows that they didn't need to really know God's love that day for them and their family. So, again, just um, being led with that. And don't overthink it. Just go with it. And it might be fearful at first. But if you do, and the Bible says, love never fails. Well, I, first of all, it's just knowing God's love for me and receiving it. I think that's the root the, of everything in me, the core. When you know his love, then perfect love casts out fear. And you know God's got a plan for you. And just being secure in that. The other thing he showed me is that I'm not my own. Like God bought me with the price, I'm his. So whatever he wants to do. And then use the gifts He's given me. Use the gifts He's given you. It might be administration. You know, it might be organizing. It might be teaching. It might be preaching. But those gifts are for the body and for the world. And I would just encourage everyone to use their gift I think Esther is probably one of my favorite because um, she understood the power of God and just listening. Even she was waiting, you know, to hear at the right timing for his instruction and just being bold to follow that. And then just using her, her blessing and influence to help others, you know, to change, to see others change. So it wasn't just for her, even because she could have died doing it, but it's like being bold, and I feel like God's got so much for us to do, but it's not in our own strength if our faith is in God, not in ourselves, and you know, He can do anything. So I think that's my goal this year, is just to, when I hear God, step out, don't be afraid, and He can do way more than we can ever dream, think, or imagine And I think blessed to be a blessing, not for ourselves, but to really see the world come and the harvest come in. okay thank you father father god we just thank you and we love you father i just praise you thank you lord for just saving me lord and revealing yourself to me revealing your love to me And lord i pray for every listener lord that knows you or that doesn't know you father that you would reveal your love to them lord that it's in believing not doing father that we receive this great gift of grace father and i just that you would they would know your love they can experience it not just hear about it you know it's a cliche god loves you but he really does love you and i pray that you will get that down so deep in your heart and you'll know and from that love you won't be afraid to do anything god's put on your heart and even praying for your families those you're believing to come that this would be the year you would see your siblings come in your parents um those that are wayward. Father, I just pray that you draw them by your spirit. You send other laborers out to speak to them and reveal yourself to them. And Lord, we just thank you that this will be a great year, um, a year of faith, Father, but faith in you, not in us, not in our own works, but in what you can do. And Father, that we would take that one step. It doesn't have to be everything. One thing I've learned is you don't show us the whole future. You just show us the next step. And if we'll be bold and trust you, and even if we fail, Lord, take that step, and you'll take us to the next step, because you've laid out our days, as you said in Psalm 139, every day is laid out before you, so Father, you know the future, and we know the future is good, so Father, just bless every believer, encourage them this year, and may they look forward, not backwards, but look to the future, and forget the past, Father, but look to what you have for them in the future. And we just love you in Jesus' name. (laughs) Amen. The mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.